make no mistake, our society, our world is sexually saturated. Mm-hmm. Sex is everywhere. It feels like you can't escape it. Mm-hmm. Not just, you know, obviously the depictions of it and media, movies, music, shows, right. all that, but also just all the issues around human sexuality. Right. And as parents, we need to have our heads on a swivel mm-hmm. when it comes to dealing with issues of sexuality, shepherding the sexuality of our children. Mm-hmm. And the way we do that, and we're going to give you five specific guiding principles that came from some contributors on the Fierce Parenting website. We're going to give you those today. But the primary way we do that, I'll, I'll say this on the, on the intro side, is we recognize God's goodness in it. He created the act of sex as a good, meaningful thing mm-hmm. that is to be enjoyed. And he created us male and female. Again, as a good, beautiful thing mm-hmm. to be understood in God's framework yeah. so that we can flourish within it. Yeah. So we're going to talk about this. There's no question that sex is, I think, a sin as old as time. It's something that we tend, uh, humanity is just wanting to distort it. But we are here to say that we don't have to just take what culture gives us as parents. We need to be on the offense in this. And we're going to be five ways to do that on the other side. Quick warning, if you haven't already, you've probably heard the word sex. And if you have little ears listening, <laughs> uh, this is our, go ahead and turn it off or put your ear pods in. So. <laughs> or any other off-brand sort of ear pods like I have. Yes. Because those are an I Apple I just think thing. they're all called ear pods, but they're probably not. Any yeah. sort of headset that would just let you listen and not your children. Yeah, we're not, yeah. Um, we're not picky or pretentious about ear pods. No, we are not. <laughs> I... So this was based off of an uh, article by Mama Bear Apologetics. We follow them. We are contributing writers, and they contribute content to us uh, regularly, and we are so grateful for them. Namely, um, Amy Davison and Hillary Ferrer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ferrer. thank you, Ferrer. Yeah. So this comes from an article called Five Guiding Principles as You Shepherd Your Child's Sexuality. Right. And it, it honestly, it feels a little bit odd to, to be saying those Shepherding words. Shepherding your child's yeah. sexuality. It's like, okay, we have three daughters and one non-disclosed on the way. I keep, I'll say that. Uh, it's just the tension. The, it's, it's, I'm excited to find out if it's boy or girl. Could be fourth daughter. Either way, to, she, to steward and shepherd their sexuality. Right. Well, and what, what, do you, what do you mean by that? So we're, we're talking about sex in terms of uh, the gender that God has made us. So I'm a female. He is a male. That is our sex. That is our gender. And then we're also talking about the act of sex. Uh, that is that God has purpose and designed for marriage only. And so how do we uh, begin, how do we shepherd that, those ideas, when so many other ideas are coming at our kids, no, mm. no doubt, from other sources? They're coming even at us, and they're you know, causing us to, to, to make sure we can think and sp- speak into and talk back to these, yeah. um, I don't know, posing questions. So uh, we're going to go through five guiding principles that they gave to us. And again, we don't have to do this in fear. We don't have to do this in a vacuum. And we don't have to do this, you yeah. know, away from all society. Like God has not given us a spirit of fear. So we don't have to be afraid. We can equip ourselves. God has given us his word. He's given us Amen. things like Mama Bear Apologetics, a supplemental. There's plenty of resources out there to help you um, shepherd your child's sexuality well. On that note as well. I would say tackle this topic together with absolutely, your spouse. Absolutely, absolutely. No matter if your child yeah. is a, if you have all girls or you have a mix of girls Ta- and boys. Tackle it together with your spouse. Mm-hmm. And then like you said, not in a vacuum in that we have God's word, first and foremost. We have other absolutely. parachurch ministries. We have our churches. That's not to be overlooked. 
go to the people in your church community and say, like, how can we together as a church community shepherd the sexuality of our children Mm -hmm. so that we can show them the truth of God and do so in a way that's winsome and effective and um, just straight up just true. Right. And churches are already facing, you know, facing some of these challenges as well. So uh, first part, the first guiding principle, they say, is to start early, which we would absolutely agree with an echo. Um, yeah, the kids, our kids are being discipled every day by the, right. the content they consume. And this is what they said. The world is actively evangelizing your child with a sexual ethic that is secular mm-hmm. through popular children's media. And this part actually, so as they wrote this in the article, yeah. this was a little bit shocking to me. And they said this, if your children have watched Bubble Guppies, Blues Clues, Pixar Shorts, or Nickelodeon, they have been introduced to everything from drag queens, transgenderism, same-sex relationships, and more. Hmm. Um, that was, well, so our kids don't watch Bubble Guppies, Blues Clues. We don't have Disney Plus anymore. We used to. We mm-hmm. used to watch the Pixar shorts on there, and then you, you have to you had filter to, like, them out. Yeah. And this is why we dropped Disney Plus, yeah. because you always kind of have to have your guard up, and I'm like, we're there's all these issues. I mean, yeah, you should have your guard up anyways, but are you... Re- is, no one would have thought that Blue's Clues you would have seen, you know, kind of this this um, theme to start starting to play out. So that it's is not surprising to me. Yeah, it's not said to scare us, right? We just need to be aware of the battlefield. We need to yeah. understand what's happening, where it's happening, um, and that we it's we have to be on the front lines. Our our kids are the target. Yeah. We need to be there. Start early. Start laying the groundwork. Start having. Start praying about and equipping yourself to have those future conversations now. Um, yeah. And I think even having some of the vocabulary with young kids uh, so that you can jump off of that. And what I mean by by that is like with our girls, one of the or two, a little phrase that we say all the time, you know, they'll come out and they'll have a pretty dress on or they'll do something, you know, super girly. And they just want their dad to just dote on them and like, oh, you look so pretty and all these things. And and, and anyone. And that, I mean, that is kind of the female, you know. And I do. That, I tell them. You look yeah, beautiful. you look beautiful. Yeah. And, and then I say to them. You look very beautiful like what you're wearing, but but who makes you the most beautiful, right? And they're like, God. Mm. And they're like, and I say, who loves you the most? God. <laughs> and who has, what was my third question? I can't remember it. Those are the first two. There was one more question I added on with our third child. Can't remember it. It's all right. But anyways, it's something along those, those so they have that vocabulary and they've had it for a few years. Yeah. So that when they get into their teen years and we can say, yes, you do look beautiful, but who makes you the most beautiful and why? Right. And so it's not just about what you're wearing or and how you're adorning yourself. conversation around that, too. It's not just Absolutely. a trite thing that they are trained to do. But there's and, and so in the on that note, you mentioned as they go into their teenage years, if you feel like you've missed the boat on this, it's never too you, late. It's never too late. Yeah. So start early now. Yeah. And so it, they may be in their teens, but you can still start those conversations and begin you know, making some headway. Absolutely. Uh, someone once said, when's the best time to plant an apple tree? It was 30 years ago. That was the best time to plant an apple tree. Well, when's the second best time to plant an apple tree? It's today. Yeah. So if you missed the boat, don't don't wallow in that. Just yeah. just have the conversation. Again, talk to your spouse. Figure out the best way to initiate those conversations. Right. Again, be on the offensive here. Uh, number two, guiding principle. Uh, don't insulate. Right, which is so tempting. Um, and we didn't get rid of you know Disney Plus to just insulate our children. Uh, we'd had conversations with them because they were like, why do we not have some of the movies that we like or the things? Like, I love Swiss Family Robinson. Yeah, like, like some of the old stuff. But those Mary are very Poppins. controversial now. Like, they've become... They have a disclaimer now at the yes. beginning, which is... And so, right, it's tempting to just, like, unplug 
And maybe you are a family that is completely unplugged, so you probably not watch this video. Maybe you're just <laughs> listening to it. But if your kids have friends, right, there's always these worldly agendas. We don't need to hide from the world, and we can't. I mean, I, I would venture to say that. Like, we don't need to. Yeah, and I want to share the quote directly from the post. It's so good. It says, we, uh, we don't need to hide from the world. We need to become proficient in putting on our spiritual armor. Amen. Amen. And so that obviously comes from Ephesians 6. Let's read that. Ephesians 6, starting in verse... 10. Yeah. To finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of his might. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Mm. For we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers over the present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Mm. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all, to stand firm. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth having put on the breastplate of righteousness and as shoes for your feet, having put on the readiness given by the gospel of peace. In all circumstances, take up the shield of faith with which you can extinguish all the flaming darts of the evil one and take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Right. This is how we're training our children. These are the things that we are giving them, equipping them. These are the tools. These are the weapons that God has given us that we can teach and train our children so that they can come they can come face to face with something when they're when yeah. they're older. Even now, we have conversations. But if they come face to face with something, they don't have to be afraid that they are already equipped and they know. Okay, this is not godly. This is not something that that mm. this is not how he created it. So I know that this is wrong and this is hurtful. Yeah. And here's the reasons why. So I love that. Just and you can do a whole study on the Absolutely. armor itself, but the uh, the offensive weapon is the word. Mm. So the word of God is our best offense mm-hmm. against these sorts of things. So yes, Amen. we don't insulate, but we get really good at equipping ourselves and our children equipping themselves mm-hmm. with the full armor of God. So number 1 is start early. Number 2, don't insulate. Instead, right. learn to equip yourself and your children with the full armor of God. Right. And there was just a few helpful questions they had um because I think in not insulating, you know, it mm. doesn't mean you just expose your children to everything, but uh, we do try to protect our children. We do try mm. to uh, talk through some things with them. But I mean, you watch the British Baking Show. I mean, there's a whole lot of themes that are not godly on that, right? Yeah. And we use those as opportunities. You have this little remote thing that has a pause button. You can go ahead and stop those shows and you can say, hey, let's talk about this. Uh, what are you seeing here? Are you seeing that some, we really have to have leading questions right now because we're just kind of in that younger stage. Mm-hmm. Um, but is this, is this, they had some helpful questions here. What is presented as true or good in this movie or show, commercial or song, right? Hmm. What is, what is said to be false or bad? Uh, what's the source of morality? How do they tell what is right and wrong? Uh, what do these claims say about God, ourselves and our bodies, right? Some really good questions to kind of pause, literally hmm. hit the pause button and start talking about uh, why these are not something that we agree with as a Christian family who follow Jesus and follow you know, the biblical model. Yeah. They had a really good example that I think is uh, prescient for where we are. It says, uh, for example, sex positivity claims consent and pleasure are the source for what is good. Consent and pleasure, meaning that if they, if we both agree to this and it doesn't hurt anyone, then it is therefore intrinsically ethical or good. Mm. That's what the sex positivity movement says. Uh, But then they would go on to say, but you can consent and get pleasure from all sorts of awful, Awful things. things yeah. So now, granted, that's an older conversation. We wouldn't start that conversation with our eight-year-old. But the point is, you have to be able to, as a parent, untangle this and, yeah. and reveal the lie for what it is. Yeah. They're calling a thing good, 
that isn't intrinsically good, not according to the God that we know and the word that he's given us. Right, and he's the only truth. Right, and so look up some passages yep. to begin combating that. There's some um, questions that help you kind of untangle that right. is, is what does God's word say? Yeah. Um, and how can we put truth into practice? Yeah. What are some practical practical ways, excuse me, we can encourage others to recognize God's truth? And what are some practical ways we can use God's word to protect ourselves That's from good. others and from harm? Good. All right, Oops. the third one. <laughs> Be honest about your own mistakes. Mm. Uh, now, I think this what, is an ages and stages thing, I think, <laughs> on, some, yes. on some levels. Yeah, so they, I think what, what they're getting at here, and I, I, would, I would agree, you don't want to paint the picture that you've not, that you're struggled perfect. with this, right. that you've not somehow, yeah, that you've not wrestled with the issues that you're helping them to wrestle with. That will, I think, uh, disarm and maybe uh, and maybe dismantle some of the barriers that might be right. building up between you. Now, of course, discretion, wisdom, you're not yeah. going to share every gruesome Sexual detail. struggle with a five-year-old, yeah. <laughs> or with even a 15-year-old. Like right. you, the, you just, they need to know that the same gospel that saved you is the same gospel that has saved them. And you both are sinners in need of God's grace. Well, and I would say that's one of, that's one of the things I think I love about watching him parent, especially when our girls are going through a hard time, not necessarily obviously about, um, you know, their sexuality, they aren't quite there yet, but they, they, you know, they fail at something or something's really hard to do and they cry about it or, you know, he comes in, he's like, oh, I'm sorry. And he's like, you know, I struggled with that too when I was your age. Again, you have to be appropriate and understand the context and the situation. But to know, you know, that you struggled with, you know, certain mm -hmm. things that your own child might be struggling with, uh, I think it really just kind of gives you some affinity. Let's put some meat on these bones yeah. here because we're speaking kind of around it. But okay, if you have a young a teenage boy or girl who is dabbling in pornography. Right. Like one thing, we don't have a boy that we know of. But one thing I can imagine saying to that young man is, son, I've, I've been down that path hmm. and it does not end well. Mm -hmm. And I, I can take my word for it as your father, who you know, and, and you know, loves you. Um, God has saved us from that. Mm -hmm. And I would pray that he saves you from that daughter. Mm -hmm. Like now one of my big concerns is that, that the, the, the young boys in our kids, in our kids' lives, I am hopeful that the parents are good at having these conversations like we would have with, mm -hmm. with a young uh, around pornography, around uh, other issues, other mistakes, right? Um, no, again, ages and stages. Well, girls can tend to, I think, fall into like, how can I look my best? How can I, I don't want to, I want to be pretty. I want to be like flawless. I want to have fun. I want to. You know, it's so quickly they, they start posing yeah. certain ways and, and smiling certain ways. And, and like, where did you learn yes. that? Yes, and so it's it's yeah. like, okay, like I've been there. I've wanted to like make people like me for, and I wanted to look nice yeah. and I wanted to have the right shoes and the right whatever. Um, but I can also tell you, right, that that's very empty. And if, again, what makes you the most beautiful? It's not the, what you adorn yourself with, right? Bring them back to scripture. What does the scripture say about yeah. this this situation or this struggle? And they will see that if that's genuinely what you think, they will pick it up, pick up Absolutely. on it. If you're just going through it, like through rote memory, going yeah. through the motions, saying, yeah, you know, God is better than this, and but you don't live it, and then they're going to pick up on that. So that's an opportunity to uh, kind of see yourself maybe more clearly. Absolutely. Uh, number four, instill healthy, balanced boundaries. Mm. So they wrote this, chat with your teens about what boundaries they feel are reasonable and helpful. Discuss what will happen if good boundaries are broken. Everyone should be aware of what is expected and what will happen in these 
in the case of mistakes. Um, so ba- boundaries around, and our, our good friends Nathan and Nana talk about this a lot in the Gospel Tech yeah. podcast, but boundaries around the bedroom. So mm-hmm. like a really clear one is we we hold to it. We actually had to enforce it this last week. No screens in the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Um, and that includes our, our middle child saved up and bought like a, a, 50, camera. a $50 camera. Yeah. And it's it's not the kitty camera. It's nice, but it's not super nice. Anyway, she had it in her room and she was just looking at the videos that she had taken and she's so silly with it and she's having a good, but she's staying up probably, you know. She wasn't staying up late. She was starting to see herself um, more and I was I was noticing her being more concerned with how she was making the videos, what she looked like and not that I want her to be, again, insulated, ignorant of what that is. I just don't want my six-year-old to have a camera and figuring out how to do selfies and how to like make herself Which, look and feel a certain way because I'm also like I don't know where you learn this but again human yeah. nature and friends or whatever exposure to shows you so that's can't a boundary hide. that we yeah. have in place yeah. um another one is no no um boys and girls in the same bedroom with the door closed yeah and that they're young but it's not because we're afraid that they're going to somehow like well, do something <laughs> we just don't want to make any room for that that's that's a culture that we right well kind of the rule is like nobody goes upstairs like when you're at our house but still like when even their cousin's over he's a boy yes and they're playing upstairs they, he likes to toys. close doors because he i don't know that's just his habit i yeah. guess and i have to remind him like we don't close doors yeah like we keep the doors wide open mm-hmm. here um and that's a, that's a healthy boundary with the younger kids uh with older kids it's going to be around things like video games time on the video games the type of games mm. the type of content again screen in the room in yeah. the room is Nathan will say never really a good idea and yeah. um, um, time around phones all those boundaries need to be in place if you want actually a specific resource on this go to fierceparenting.com and there's a tech guide there a healthy tech guide that Nathan yeah. and I wrote together it's an interactive just one page on the website um, and that'll get you started toward creating your own tech plan and Nathan yeah. has entire um, courses dedicated to this thing yeah. and check out the gospel tech podcast if you haven't already right um, and another piece that they, they talk about in this area of just uh, it's a good reminder and sobering to us that we are all submission. We are all as Christians uh, to submit to the authority of God. Right. Uh, and this means that no one's above repro- reproach and no one has, you know, I can do what I want whenever I want. Like that's the epitome of, of pride and sin. And so reminding like the difference between privacy. Right. And what was it privacy and secrecy secrecy yeah um and unfortunately fortunately children don't get a lot of privacy in the home and they shouldn't i mean they should but they shouldn't there's healthy boundaries there so talk to your teen establish those boundaries um and discuss that openly and have your spouse there again doing this all together is just so important and this is the fifth one the guiding principle and it's so so critical it's number five always return to Mm. the gospel in other words I love how they said every conversation should include a redemptive arc. Mm-hmm. Meaning that this is the beginning, but look what Christ did, and mm-hmm. here's where we are at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, so we point to God's original design. Yeah, we can show the brokenness in whatever the issue is, and then we point to the redemption in Christ. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so, as parents uh, on the marriage side of the channel, we talked about uh, biblical literacy in the home mm-hmm. last week. As parents, we need to be fluent in the gospel as well fluent in seeing the gospel and how it is redemptive in every aspect yeah. of our lives. Yeah. We can see the gospel in scripture, yeah. the whole biblical theology thing, seeing it over redemptive history, but we also need to see it in our own lives and how 
the good news bears its full weight on this brokenness and it is redeemed mm. because of what Christ did and what he said and what, what we have in God's word. So be good at that. Get good at that. Um, and in doing so, you won't, uh, you won't just be moralizing your children because mm. that's almost worse because yeah. you're inoculating them yeah. to the good news, you know, because we've, we've moralized. But instead, we, as, as, fellow, as a fellow what, sojourner with Christ, mm. like we are on equal playing field with our kids and that we need the same Christ. We need yeah. the same gospel. So yeah. be the one that's skilled in coming alongside them and showing them the gospel in the issues that you're facing. So right. I just want to recap these five issues. Okay. I just want to say one more thing okay. on this. Just remind, and they make a clear case for this, remind your kids that they are loved. Um, remind them again of God's original design, that mm. connection, that true love and purpose mm. is only found in God. And so no matter what that boy might think of, of you, you know, young teen, your young teen and whatever she might think he thinks of her, God her identity is first and foremost in Christ. Her value is first and foremost in Christ. And if that boy can't see that, then there might need to be some, you know, some boundaries set in place. Mm-hmm. Um, and so just, again, yes, knowing your Bible, not for the sake of just knowing it to be able to tell it back, but knowing and experiencing God's transforming that's love right. uh, in your own heart, because that's that's where the overflow happens. And that's where kids, they don't just hear you, but they, they experience Christ in you. And so... Um, yeah. lean on him as your shepherd they say and yeah in, in in every area but especially well and for today's conversation your children's sexuality yeah yeah you recap those yeah just i'm just gonna say them real fast uh number one is uh where is start it early. start early number two don't insulate mm-hmm. number three uh to be honest about your own mistakes number four is instill healthy balanced boundaries and number five is always 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 mm-hmm. always return to the gospel. Amen. Speaking of the gospel, the good news of the gospel is this, that we are all bigger sinners than we ever imagined, but God is better than we ever dreamed. Mm. And so our own sin has separated us from God. He knew that. Mm-hmm. He himself came down as Christ, the God-man, God in the flesh, mm. to live a perfect life that we, then he would die the sinner's death, but he didn't stay dead. He defeated death, rose from the grave, and ascended into heaven, sits at the right, right hand of the Father, reigning to this day and he will return again mm-hmm. and the whole reason he did that was to invite sinners to place their faith in him that mm. we might be one with christ and we might stand righteous with christ's righteousness not our own yeah. before the holy god and this is all it's a gift mm. by faith Amen. by grace through faith in christ alone so we want to invite you into placing your faith in christ so that you can experience the grace of God in your own life mm-hmm. and that that grace may flow out of you into the life of your children. Mm-hmm. If you want to learn more, go to thenewsisgood.com. It's a website we set up. It'll get your foot on that path toward becoming a Christian. We'd love to meet you someday, if not on this side of glory, on the other. Um, let's pray. Father, thank you that your word is instructive. Even in our um, day and age when sexuality is so twisted and distorted and in many cases convoluted, Lord, Mm. but you have shown your wonderful light of truth on it. I pray that as parents seeking to disciple our children in a way that honors you and glorifies you, give us wisdom as we shepherd our children's sexuality, as Mm. we have these hard conversations, as we deal with this touchy topic in an incendiary culture that uh, goes very much against your word. Lord, help us be wise, help us be bold, help us be shrewd Mm. and kind in dealing with these issues with our children so they might see your love through us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.
All right. Uh, if you want to find more resources, fierceparenting.com is there for you. We have this podcast. We also have tons of articles. We have mini guides. We have free ebook downloads, how to create a family vision statement. We mm-hmm. have tech guides. We have simple family worship plans. Guys, we are here to equip you to live as a fierce family, both on fierce marriage, also now in fierce parenting, which is where we are right now. So please do take advantage of that. Can I just plug one resource that's not ours? Yeah. Because this is one that we have used and are continuing to use. Uh, It's called the Story of Me series. Uh, It's by Stan and Brenna Jones. They're an older couple. She's they're Christians, like clinical psychologists, all of that. They have this kind of ages and stages series. And so it starts, you know, young, three to five, uh, 12 to 16. They have a parental guide uh, that you can read how and when to tell your kids about sex. Uh, Anyways, it's very you read through them first and then you decide when your child is ready and when you're ready to have those conversations. But it starts really young. Uh, it really equips you to be able to to, to start mm. having those those conversations, and it's all Christian. It's all rooted in God and the gospel. So um, that is probably one of the best resources I've seen out there, and that we also have. So and it's called the story of me. The story of me series. Okay. A series. All right. Yeah. Check that out. We're always good. We're always good for. Uh, <laughs> if it's a good resource, let's let's, let's recommend it. It's okay. Awesome. Uh, also, if you want to partner with us, fierceparenting.com/partner. Um, and if you're not ready for that. Ratings and reviews are awesome. Yeah. Comments are awesome. Prayers, we are, prayers are always are incredible. desired. Accepted. So anyway, it's a pleasure living this life alongside you, my wife, but also you, reader mm-hmm. or viewer, listener. Anyway, mm-hmm. this episode of Fierce Parenting is... In the can. See you again in seven days. Until next time. Stay fierce.